Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, Canadians, to the Syrupcast, episode number 72. One, I believe, but I could be wrong. It's 72, Igor. All right. Number 72. Fair enough. Let's cheer on Corey Joseph. Hey, this is Corey Joseph, and you listen to the Mobile Syrup Podcast. Go, Corey. <laughs> Woo! Welcome back. Today, I am joined. My name is Ian Hardy. I am joined with a fine bunch of people. Igor is to my right. So are you. I'm good, sir. You? Thank you. Very well. Rose? I am doing really well on this beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. You're right. Patrick? I'm excellent, but I'm worried about how hot this room is going to get. Just you, my friend. <laughs> Jessica? Yeah, it is just you. I'm loving the heat. Nice. Hot, hot in Toronto. Some lizards What's here. <laughs> some lizards, yeah. Let's talk about the heat and also wearables. Because the wearable market is bringing the heat. Is nice heat or <laughs> the fire wearable market? Yes, there fire sale of Pebble. Pebble uh, has a Canadian connection. Eric, I can never pronounce his last name. Majikowski. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Pretty yeah. cool. They announced three new products. Uh, thoughts? You're a big Pebble wearer, Patrick. Did they uh, really announce them? Well, they put them on, <laughs> they put them on Kickstarter, yeah. um, and it kind of shows how Kickstarter has evolved into more of a promotional platform totally. than actually a crowd. something where you fund things. Because um, yeah, sorry, but, go but, ahead. But that's also Pebble. Like, you, there's no nothing stopping them from using it like this, right? So it's it's smart of them to do that. So they announced the Pebble Time Two. Uh, the Pebble 2 and the Pebble Core. Uh, and the Pebble Time 2 is an upgraded version of the original Pebble. Uh, no, the, of the Pebble Time, and the Pebble Time 2 is an upgraded version of the original Pebble. And then there's also the Pebble Core, which is this somewhat weird fitness device where it, it kind of looks like a narrative clip and you, you slide a SIM card inside it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it tracks, uh, works with a bunch of different apps like RunKeeper, and it tracks your GPS location and because it has a SIM and it works with, with data as well. Um, and I thought that was the most interesting thing that they revealed because that kind of kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like, no one expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, let, so let's take... Let's take why Pebble goes this route to begin with because they don't need the money. No. They're heavily funded. They have 20 million bucks or 50 million well, bucks in VC funding. Do they... I mean... They may need the money because they they did cut a bunch of jobs, right? So it seems like yeah, I know, like Eric was saying, it's because of like the special or like the kind of raising environment in Silicon Valley where it's quote unquote hard to raise money. But you know, then Snapchat raised like a billion dollars the other day, one point eight, and so kind of feel like he's taking people out for a ride maybe <laughs> like or the you know or there's just like 
they know people are going to pony up cash before like sight unseen or well they've seen the product but you know before any reviews come out like uh, the Pebble Time 2 could be a complete uh, piece of crap but uh, so the, these new products raised a million bucks so far yeah cra- crashed their funding goal within an hour yeah uh, now they're, it's they're th- at eight and eight a half million five. now yeah which is With 33. 33 days to go so I, so they've blown it they they probably will blow right past yeah and become the most popular funded Kickstarter of all time ever again surpassing the, the third time the, the time, time yeah yeah <laughs> so I guess money's not an object it's more about are these devices important to current Pebble users or new Pebble adopters so the the big the big hook with them that I guess I should have talked about before is the fact that the Pebble. Two and the Pebble Time Two will include a heart rate monitor. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a pivot for for Pebble towards a more fitness focused thing that we saw, like when Pebble Health launched on the on the yeah. Pebble Time and Pebble mm-hmm. Round. Um, so it seems like they're trying to, to a certain extent, compete with Fitbit in that space because we've seen devices like the Blaze, which I didn't like that much. Yeah. That was kind of a fitness device, but also trying to be a smartwatch. It seems that that's almost what Pebble wants to be now. That's why they have this built-in heart rate monitor. It's kind of a... I mean, I hate the word the term pivot, but it's a weird pivot in the sense that, like, these heart rate monitors, the ones that use kind of this green infrared light to pass... Or infrared's not the right term, but green light to pass through your capillaries. Um, so, uh, what's it called? Fitbit is actually part of a class action lawsuit yeah. now because the Surge and the Surge HR, uh, they're not really great at actually, they'll under-report your heart rate. So some people have gone to the hospital thinking they're about to like have cardiac arrest or something. Oh, great. Right? So the reason, so the band we're wearing, the HTC, the Under Armour band, it comes with a dedicated heart rate sensor for that exact reason, right? Like you put it, you strap it around your chest and you put it on your heart. Um, So this is kind of weird to me, like, these heart rate sensors aren't great, um, but I think this really just speaks to, I guess this is Pebble's audience, right? It's like, they're synonymous with Kickstarter backers. They're like so excited. Like this is this is the uh, Kickstarter project that just so appeals to Kickstarter. People who back <laughs> well, the, regularly. The Pebble right? was like the first real attempt at releasing a smartwatch too, right? The original Pebble that came out, I don't right. know, like four, yeah. four or five years ago now at this point, probably. Yeah. Which was compatible and, on both. Yeah, well, on, on both yeah. on both platforms. And but my my thing with with the two and the time two is that I don't know if there's enough that's been upgraded mm-hmm. to warrant purchasing new one unless you're really into the brand. Like uh, the time two uh, has the same e color display as the other one. Mm-hmm. It's supposedly fifty percent larger and features eighty percent more pixels, so it'll have a nicer display. But other than that and the um, the heart rate monitor, there doesn't seem to be much different about it yeah and that's actually interesting because uh if if these smart watches or fitness bands are getting minimal upgrades um they're like phones at, at, yeah they're exactly <laughs> like phones they're already right? like phones so and it's such so, a young yeah, yeah so the the prices are already dropping for these wearables and if you connect it to smartphones smartphone prices are already dropping with minimal upgrades um so it's an interesting trend that early on the wearables are seeing that as well and they're, they're pretty reasonably priced too compared to like the Apple Watch yeah. or the Moto 360 like the Time 2 is about 184 Canadian depending on 
yeah. like the dollar value. So when the uh, Apple Watch got announced, uh, Paul Graham, who's you know a really famous uh, uh, venture capitalist, he also used to write uh, run Y Combinator. Uh, he tweeted out that uh, he asked uh, Eric, the founder co-founder of Pebble. <coughs> what the announcement of the Apple Watch had done to... Uh, I remember that. Yeah, right, because uh, Pebble was uh, raising for the time right at that point with, uh, on Kickstarter, and he said they saw like a huge increase in the number of people uh, joining in on their crowdfunding campaign, right? Yeah. So I think uh, I really don't care for these wearables, but it's, it seems to be like, you know, people are obviously still willing to money in it because I'm like looking at Ian's screen and it's, it's still going up it's still going up every couple of seconds right like for me I've always preferred the Pebble over more expensive smartwatches because it feels more like a traditional watch to mm-hmm. me like the screen's always on and I've I'm in the minority in this but I, I grew up and I've, I've always worn a watch like I've just always worn one it's like a thing that I've done yeah. forever mm-hmm. so when I'm using like I'm wearing the Moto 360 right now I have to like raise my wrist up and then sometimes the screen comes on and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the Apple with Watch. With the Apple Watch. It yeah. happens yeah. all the time, right? Whereas the Pebble, you can get that at a glance time. And it also works great for notifications because it's always on, right? So mm-hmm. if you get a, a message, you don't have to flick your wrist for it to turn on. You can just look and, mm-hmm. and it's there. You'll see the message. You'll see the email. You'll see whatever you're, you're hoping to get. One of the, one of the things that um, I, I like about the Pebble is the design. But the interface, I feel that the, the text seems so outdated to me. That's what they say they fixed with, with the time so. Because it has this very, like, nerd chic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. that's that's part of the Kickstarter demo, demographics sort yeah. of thing, too, right? That's that's I think that's I mean, why they launched these devices on Kickstarter. It's a way for them to market it towards that very, like, risk. geek chic yeah, yeah. Uh, demographic I mean, exactly that's well, what I was going to add there is that from a business perspective it's a really smart smart move to speak directly to their demographic and yeah. also gauge interest for these new devices and yeah. see whether or mm-hmm. not people are actually excited about them mm-hmm. yeah what do you think like the selfer is uh, of a pebble like a best buy interesting you talk about best buy for yeah. example I've never seen a company a big retailer in Canada mm-hmm. push a Kickstarter program before it's yeah. all over Best Buy's website it's oh, all really? over their social that's really never yeah. seen it because like, like what's in it for Best Buy at this point in two two weeks ago they heavily discounted the original time yeah because my brother and my mom went out and bought one and I was like I don't know if you guys should do this they're probably doing this for a reason like yeah stock yeah but they, they don't care right they just wanted they just wanted a new watch any and smart watch know, didn't matter. to be fair Pebble has been really good about like they brought the timeline to the original Pebble. I still, yeah. I still use the original Pebble. When I went to uh, Cancun like two months ago or whatever it was, mm-hmm. I, I took that Pebble with me and I used it like in the ocean. I, I swam with it all the time and it was fine. It was yeah, great. and your old editor, Will, you know, uh, yeah. he always, he's always tweeting about how much he loves the Pebble. He convinced me to get the original Pebble. Yeah. I was like, Patrick, you gotta get this. Yeah. yeah. Is that how he said it? Pretty much. That yeah. sounds like a semi, like you're in an Italian diner. Came in came in one day, oh, pointed at his wrist. I spend a lot of time at Italian diners, yes. I can say yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, with those dropping, let's talk about the Moto 4G Plus. Before we, did we talk about the core? The core? Oh, yeah, I talked about it. Oh, yeah, I talked about it a little bit. It's kind of, it seems, I'm interested in it because it's so weird and I like strange 
gadgets that are doing something different. I don't know if it's going to find an audience. And also, I really don't know how the whole 3G connect connectivity with it is going to work. Like, do they expect people to pop their SIM out, mm-hmm. put it in this device, and then wear it so that they can leave their phone at home? Like, that's a lot of work. I think they're, yeah. they're thinking of us who have a bunch of demo SIMs lying well, around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is Not the demographic they're targeting. It's perfect yeah. for us, but, like, yeah. the average person doesn't even know that their phone uses a SIM card, right? Yeah. So. I think they know. Yeah. I'm sure they know. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they, they're shown that when they're in the store. My mom didn't know. She didn't she know. She had no idea, right? And my brother didn't really know either. Um, I guess it depends, too, because not too long ago, SIM cards weren't necessarily a thing. They're aware that like something happens with their phone to connect them to the network, yeah. but they assumed it was something that like the carrier did, right? And it was linked to the network. It wasn't through the SIM card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no way that I would take out the SIM card from my phone. A, you try and find a pin to take out the SIM card from my phone, and then pop it into this little thing. And then when I'm done with the little maybe thing, maybe lose the little thing, put it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then does this little thing, the public cord, does it have like some sort of tracker in case I lose it? I don't know. No idea. And I mean, in Canada, if if you want a second SIM, that's really expensive. Oh, yeah, right? go and, like, Sell your soul. It. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> how does that how does that work? Can you get like a second sim on the same plan without for the same line? Yeah. I don't think so. It, unless I think, knows different. I think so it probably like have to be like some kind of special like you know like there's those plans where you can well, get like data a data plan. Only. Yeah, data plan, right? It would just uh, work just like a tablet. Yeah. But it wouldn't right. have the same phone number. It would be a different one. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't need a phone number, right? No. Well, it, it just needs uh, it just needs data because it, it links with like map my run Google Fit, the whole the whole point of it like I get the argument behind the core, is that you don't want to run with your phone in your pocket right but you want all that stuff tracked so you leave that at home, you take the core with you I just don't think that this SIM card solution is the right idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's Eve- eventually something will have to come into play where where you need to connect. A device like this to if it's important for you to connect your device to something that will give you immediate yeah. feedback it's cheap too 84 Canadian so 84 bucks that's pretty, right? yeah. mm-hmm. that's really I, good I think you're right that wearables like for me they need to become more autonomous to be attractive to me so that would definitely include like a sim card in the future and also just like a processor on board yeah. like the fact that the Apple watch doesn't have a processor internal processor right now really limits things yeah. um, it would be good if Pebble supplied the sim of some sort right mm-hmm. therefore they become like a, a carrier or a mm-hmm. reseller maybe that's coming right so on. yeah like yeah. with a like a roam mobility not roam mobility but no or, roaming or yeah. at the very yeah. least like to, you know sign some like deal with like a sugar mobile if yeah. they exist within by the time this thing comes they're, out yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> therefore the user experience is better and yeah you just pop in and go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's way too much time on the Pebble. But it's mm-hmm. eight and a half million dollars on the Pebble. It's true. <laughs> there, it keeps on ticking up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we got ticking down. Talk Motorola. Yeah, Ooh. so uh, <laughs> on, on Tuesday, after the glorious long weekend, Patrick and I uh, got to, a chance to go to Motorola Canada's offices, and we got to check out the new G4+. Plus. That's the upcoming mid-range phone from Motorola that's coming later this summer. Um, Patrick thought it was a hot piece of garbage. I thought 
really compelling phone. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you don't know about the G4, um, it was, uh, I believe you told me, um, one of the previous iterations of the G, uh, the Moto G was the best-selling phone in Canada some, some year. Was it the yeah, Moto it was E? The Moto or the G? Moto G. It yeah. Was, it was on Kudo as well. It was on many people. Mm -hmm. well, Motorola said it was the best-selling uh, phone in Canada. Mm -hmm. and definitely the best-selling entry-level mid-range phone. Was that, that I think the they Moto, repeated the G. Was Moto that the G third generation? I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so uh, for mainly because of the price point. Oh, yeah. So how much did it cost back so, then? Hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. Oh my god! Oh my god! Right yeah. now, at, uh, <laughs> yeah. right now at Bell and Telus, the Moto G third gen costs about two, like two fifty at Bell and two thirty at Telus. Okay, so the Moto uh, fourth gen is going to come out at four hundred dollars outright, approximately. About yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, like on carrier pricing will be different, um, but it's a really compelling phone. So Snapdragon six seventeen. Uh, two, two gigabytes of RAM, and there was talk of like, there being a three gigabyte version, but that's not yeah. coming to Canada, which is unfortunate. Because did, did they say that explicitly, or was it another thing? They that was sure. that was yeah. Okay. That, that okay. was what uh, Carly, I believe, said to us. Um, and 1080p uh, screen, really great camera. I haven't had too much time with it, but uh, the DxO Mark says it's just as good or better than the um, iPhone 6s Plus. Its focus mm -hmm. is really good. I was playing around with it yeah, the other day. and It has it, a manual mode. Yeah, it has a manual mode, which is cool to see, and it focuses really quickly. Yeah, and you also have the nice thing about Motorola, more so than any other manufacturer, their uh, version of Android is really minimal, or really minimally skinned. Uh, just a couple of really nice enhancements like Moto Display, which I've always liked. Um, and for those that know, that's kind of the original always on display, except it was always, I always found the kind of execution was yeah. way more sensical than what uh, Samsung and LG have done with their always on displays. <laughs> I just um, think that it's a really, really, okay, not really, really. It is a moderately unattractive phone. It is certainly, uh, Yes, yeah, certainly not very attractive, but I mean, I think a lot of that would be taken care of if they brought the Moto Maker initiative yeah. to Canada. Yeah, and the Moto I think, Maker's cool. Right, like, so I think that's like... Never coming. It's never coming to Canada, even though like Canada is one of their best markets from what they were telling us. Yeah. Um, I, I think for the Moto Maker just to... Yeah, it's. I don't think it's. Is it even available anywhere else anymore? I think. It, uh, I. I don't know. I think it's just limited to the states, right? Um, there's just unfortunately in Canada, there's not the scale to I think justify it. Yeah. Um, I was just too busy thinking about the razor coming back to pay yes, attention to the presentation. Eye on the prize. Yes. Um, but yeah, so. I still. I feel that it looks more exciting than the mm -hmm. Moto uh, G third generation, mm -hmm. and that that's going to draw a lot of people in. Like, it's bigger. It's got the fingerprint sensor. It yeah. looks like a premium phone, or it looks yeah. more like a premium phone, then, even though it's mid-range. So, yeah. So, Rose, uh, you know, we talked before the podcast, you know, um, when Patrick was like, this is a flaming piece of garbage, <laughs> uh, you are like, no, like... You don't know what it's like to use cell phones to people. Like, this That's is a right. phone a lot of people will be interested in. Do you want to uh, talk a bit about, you know, just your experience, Absolutely. but also, and, you know, why this is a really compelling phone? Will be, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. So when I was selling phones, like this Moto G uh, third generation was mm -hmm. one of the most popular phones that you'd sell mm -hmm. um, just because of the really accessible price point. Mm -hmm. But we would sell it in the store. The, the the reps would sell it because we knew that it was dependable. It was good hardware. Mm -hmm. So you know the other phones at that same price point from maybe like Alcatel or Huawei, mm -hmm. uh, we were more hesitant to sell yeah. than a Moto phone. Mm -hmm. And um, so we made in America. <laughs> I mean, it's not actually made in America, but you know, so dare you to dream. See a lot of those going mm -hmm. out the door, and the fact that this is. So maybe standing alone, it's not very impressive, the Moto G4, or, or you know, I, I mm -hmm. still like it. But uh, coming as an improvement to the Moto G third generation, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like the camera jumped from 13 megapixel to a 16 megapixel camera that some people are saying is as good as an iPhone camera, the iPhone yeah. 6S, or, or better than the iPhone 6S. Mm -hmm. um, it's got an octa-core processor mm -hmm. compared to what I believe was like a quad-core before. Or a, a Penta, yeah. Or a Penta, okay. Yeah. Um, it's just a really Cores. big improvement yeah. on the Moto G third generation. And um, I think consumers in all the right really ways too. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and what I will say, you know, like unlike those phones you mentioned from Huawei and I don't know the Xiaomi's of the world, yeah. they sell Xiaomi phones. I think they don't. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, like those. The nice thing about a Motorola phone, it's like all killer, no filler. Mm. Like they don't load a bunch of bloatware on it, right? Yeah. Like. Uh, it's a pretty clean Android skin. Like, there's a few little things that make it not look exactly like stock Android. But yeah, but yeah. I don't know. And you know, they like Motorola had a bunch of like cool apps, and they're like, "Nah, we're getting rid of those, so we can make it more stock Android." Yeah. So there's no gallery app, and Motorola. I think they're probably you can still download the Motorola gallery app, but they're like, "Just Google Photos, man." And that's like, that's like what HTC did with the 10, right? Yeah. Touching their, I can't even remember what it was called. Their their proprietary gallery app and going with. Mm -hmm. All the Google like architecture for photos, and also Motorola phones have the most obnoxious ringtone, <laughs> so that's always a plus. You know, if you that boom boom, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, Is that what it's gonna be like. Yes. So that's the Moto G uh, Moto G4 Plus. Can't wait for it to come. So we can't wait to review it so people can see what it's working on review right now. I can't wait to see what pictures you're going to have. Yeah. Because you're a yeah. big photo guy, right? Yeah, so that going to San like Francisco, a... so going to take some beautiful photos. Oh, yeah. Get some uh, more artisanal toast like you did last time. I will photograph all, I will do a exclusive feature on all the best artisanal <laughs> toast in San Francisco. Taken only with the Moto G. Oh, taken only with the Moto G. So let's quickly talk about why you're going to San Francisco. For sure, yeah. So uh, that's perfectly ties into Motorola because Lenovo, the parent company, uh, who recently said they didn't handle that acquisition properly. Mm -hmm. Ooh. But anyway, uh, they're doing a kind of a co-event where they're going to announce a bunch of new devices. Uh, you know, one of those things we saw this morning was that the Droid, some kind of Droid phone, uh, so obviously bound for Verizon, uh, but new Razer. Whatever that's gonna look like, oh my God. Uh, some kind what? of new Lenovo Tango Project Tango phone. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, all of them come to Canada, especially the Droid, because we need that brand in Canada. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> coming to Canada. Well, dare to dream, right? Like 
Dreamers. So that, you know, our phones can be like, droid. Absolutely. Is that the noise they make? Yeah. That was the the really obnoxious, uh, you know, if you want to talk about obnoxious ringtones. I don't remember that. Chimes. Well, because we never got them in Canada, right? Okay. So that's certainly why they unlocked those. America better. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. All killer, no filler. Exactly. So, job cuts. Yes. All killer. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Too soon, my friends. <laughs> it's, well, it hurts, right? Yeah. Especially when Canadians are getting cut, right? So, Microsoft uh, didn't say that Canadians are getting cut, but all around the world, they cut 18. They mostly uh, Finns getting 50. cut. 18, yeah, 15. Fin- Finland's getting swiped. Yeah. Uh, BMO uh, cut, 18, also 15. cut the same amount. Yeah. Is um, that like the 18, magic 50. number? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Uh, I feel like it might be. It's not quite 2000, it like looks better. <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah. It's only I'm serious. Guys. We can't do 1899. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Magical number of 18. Someone probably did a study that that like psychologically is better. It's yeah. okay. Minds. Yeah, probably. You, you cut that and your stock will increase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rogers, which is not reported, or we didn't report on it, but Rogers also cut um, approximately 100 people from what we're hearing. Uh, in the business uh, enterprise unit, so job cuts all around. Usually, job cuts happen in uh, November, December timeframe, right before the holidays. Mm-hmm. But now it's happening all year beautiful, round. Beautiful spring summer feeling. So, yeah. so it's unfortunate what's happening. But Microsoft is actually unique um, in regards to what they're doing and why they're doing it, mm-hmm. um, especially on their handset yeah. handset area. So no more. No more handsets. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's for Microsoft. Uh, they sold off Nokia, obviously. Foxconn owns that. Mm-hmm. So why is uh, Microsoft... What is Microsoft doing? Because the Windows Phone was a disaster. For the I most think, part. Uh, you know, Canadian spy Stephen Elop did his job, <laughs> but not well enough, apparently, like... <laughs> Corporate spy Stephen Elon. <laughs> so uh, I don't think they really like us in Finland because Canadian undid their you know, most historic tech brand. Yeah. So um, it had so much promise, but it comes down to Windows Phone, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the interesting thing here is like they basically after this latest cut, they basically got rid of everyone they acquired in Nokia, right? So um, I don't know what to say, man. Like bomber. He uh, screwed up. Like that's a very expensive mistake. Very, but you know, million dollar restructuring plan. Patrick and I talked about this. Like, what's cool about Microsoft is they're not afraid about admitting yeah, that they made mistakes and like it. writing off like crazy. So, uh, what's that? The anecdote you always like to tell me when there was that great interview with um, Spencer, uh, Peter Moore, and. Um, when it was their gaming division. Oh, the, the, uh, the thing that IGN did. Yeah, so famously, you know, the Xbox 360, it had something like a 50% failure rate. It was more than 50. It was, it was which like is insane. 
unprecedented for a consumer electronics. Like these things were breaking left and right. Um, and so when someone turned it on, it wouldn't turn on or something. Or yeah, it was like, called the red ring of death. Yeah. Okay. So it yeah, has yeah, something yeah. to do with like the heat sinks inside it and glue, and the glue wasn't the right type of glue. There's like yeah. all these urban legends about what actually caused and it. And you could like put a towel around it. Yeah. and it could magically save your 360. <laughs> There's all but, kinds of crazy stuff. So, I did the towel thing; it worked. So it was Ridiculous. was it Peter Moore who? Uh, uh, I think. I believe it was Peter Moore who was in charge of Xbox when that happened. So he went up to Bomber and he's like, Steve, if you don't give me a billion dollars to fix this, the Xbox brand is done. Wow. And Bomber, to his credit, you know, we we make fun of him because there's that Windows 95 video where it's start me out and he's just like going crazy. But he looked, you know, I'm sure he looked Peter in the eye and he's like, he took out the checkbook, the Microsoft checkbook. And he just wrote him a blank check to fix it. <laughs> it was a dollar write down. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was it was a, a huge disaster. Right? So, but, you know, um, to bring him back to mobile, like, it, it's weird. Like, Mike, Microsoft pioneered so many of these technologies, right? Like, uh, who was, it wasn't Apple who first showed off the tablet. It was Bill Gates, right? But it was only when Steve Jobs showed it off to us that we all wanted it because, you know, they had taken the time to kind of reassess what that technology was about, right? And it was, Microsoft was kind of first to mobile, right? But the problem was that they was were pushing, like, Windows, like a desktop version. And the, what's so kind of illustrative of the problems this company's face was, I was looking into this, I believe Windows Vista launched the same year that the iPhone did. Right, like the wow. historically the most catastrophic OS launch, right? And it, it was just these two different visions of what computing could be, right? Like this vision that was stuck at in the desktop that this is still the future of computing, and then like this kind of yeah, you know, it maybe didn't have copy and paste and stuff, it didn't have even apps at that point, but this kind of simplified, more accessible version of computing that Apple showed off, right? But yet we are here, you know, like. Sure, this write-off is terrible, but, you know, my, what was, like, there was nothing exciting about Apple's most recent, like, you know, iPhone SE, boring, mm-hmm. like, it's iPad like Pro, thing. boring, right? Whereas Microsoft was the one, like, hey, maybe we unleash Tay upon the world, but bots, guys, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, uh, you know, it's doing, like, yeah. crazy fun things, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it sometimes results in a well, racist teenager bot, right? It's like, like the, the Surface brand, it's a story that I'm working on. Yeah. When I interviewed Panos, the head of uh, Surface at Microsoft, he, mm-hmm. like, they took something close to, I think, a billion dollar uh, right off on RT. inventory write off on Surface RT. Yeah. Like, the Surface, when it launched, was a disaster for yeah. Microsoft for the most part. But then they kept iterating on it, and now, arguably, depending on how you feel with the concept of a tablet mm-hmm. um, laptop hybrid, it's like you could go out and buy one. Like it's a viable. Oh, it's a great device. product. It's great, yeah. right? Um, so it's interesting that they stuck with that, and that turned out well, and it worked out for them. It's like it accounts for. It's a good portion of their yeah. revenue. Yeah, and it's constantly quarter. growing, right? Like so, you know, props to them on that, right? So whereas Windows Phone, it's like it's done now. It's done. Yeah. It's done. It like they just send it out to Basher. Take it to the river behind their Redmond office and just shoot it. All <laughs> <laughs> killer. All killer. This I'll podcast. Kill yeah. And I remember, like, when I was interviewing Panos, like, I, I asked them about uh, 
the Windows Phone because at that time I believe it was part of the Surface division yeah. to a certain extent. Um, and, like he really didn't want to talk about it, obviously, but he gave like a very candid. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't market it right. We we didn't create a platform that worked. I can't like sugarcoat it. It's been essentially a disaster, but we're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see it in his eyes that Windows Phone was coming to an end. So yeah, like, you could tell from the tone of his voice and the way that he answered the question that there was no way to put a positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way. So yeah, sad, sad. But but we should also talk about Bimo, yeah. Uh, Bimo, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Bimo has. Billions of dollars, like Microsoft has billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So BMO said in their latest uh, report, they said that, hey, we're making a lot of money, but we're losing a lot of money. We're going to lose jobs to 1850 jobs in Canada. The magic mm-hmm. number. Magic number. Mainly due to new technologies that its customers are, are embracing um, and also that the bank is implementing. And especially online banking and mobile banking is what's mm-hmm. removing those jobs, mm. which is... Which is, you know, which is awesome for technology, but unfortunate for people creating that technology or working at the bank, Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I wrote a, a really, what, like, I just really enjoyed writing this article this week. It was about Foxconn, and they had, they've, their assembly line in one of their main factories went from 110,000 workers to 60,000 just through automation, just robots building iPhones instead of humans, right? And so I think... This really speaks to just a change that's going to happen really soon, or is happening right away now, right now, and it's going to have a significant effect, which is just the automation of so many things, right? Like, mm-hmm. why go to a bank teller and like spend like five minutes or ten minutes in line when you can just get it done in your on your phone and while you're walking? Yeah, yeah. while you're walking, right? Or while you're waiting in that line to talk to your bank teller. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've probably only gone and spoke to a bank teller at my bank like 10 times in my life. I've only gone when required, honestly. Yeah. I think yeah. I've done almost everything yeah. online. Yeah. And I think I'm a little younger than most of the people here. So yeah. most of my experience with the bank has been online. online. Yeah. But I don't think it's really unexpected that even though it's sad that we're losing jobs to automation and mobile banking and technology, it, I think mm-hmm. it could potentially mean more meaningful work for people in the future that don't necessarily need to do yeah. um, menial work anymore. Right. Yeah. But as Igor was saying at, right at the end of his article, this could really affect third world countries where that sort of work is... A Specifically the manufacturing, like, right? Yeah, manufacturing. Right? Yeah. So... That's true. Um, yeah, I mean... Like, what, what were the specific... Job cuts to Foxconn. It was mostly so the menial jo- jobs, right? But it was huge. It was like a massive number, right? Yeah. Like so from one hundred and ten thousand to sixty thousand. Wow. So okay. right. Uh, so that's fifty thousand mm-hmm. change, right? So that is for an economy that has come to depend on those kind of jobs. That's a significant change. Um, and so you might see like. I forget where, but they're testing like basic income. So that's not technology related, but you know like. Technology is bringing about a lot of significant shifts in society. What you can say about humanity, though, and humans in general, is we've always kind of managed to navigate these shifts, right? Really uh, seismic technological shifts. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll manage to do it again, right? It'll be interesting. It's in, you know, in Canada, it's, it's not as much of an impact as overseas, but... Do you think so? Like, and just imagine, like, what if they, I mean... Once the factories in Fort McMurray start going up again, not factories, excuse me, oil refineries, like, mm-hmm. 
what if like I never worked in one of those so I don't really know like the specific how it works right but presumably a lot of that could be automated right like this is something that we've kind of held off from doing for a long time because just as something like I was reading like 35% of jobs might disappear within the next 10 to 15 uh, years that's insane right like across the world right the robots so, they're taking over they're, okay so what happens after this automation with um, artificial intelligence and all that stuff because all the stuff that Facebook is talking about yeah you know, how does that play into all this? So it's... Ro- like, robots and bots are going to control everything, and no one's going to make anything. We're just going to sit. We're going to well, be like... Uh, ideally, you're going to sit and have a VR headset on your... It's going to be like we're in Wally. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like Wally. Pepper the robot's going to bring me my ride. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, <laughs> that sounds good to me. That's the future. Ideally, none of us are working at that point anymore. We can just do, like, you know... Because there's no money left in the world. It's, it's all Microsoft. <laughs> it's all Microsoft. spending it and blowing it. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, like, coding will become basic literacy in the yeah. future. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a specialized job. I think it's yeah. going to be something that everybody can do. And that might help in terms of having uh, some sort of workforce in the future for... But audience. even even that would be offshore to like India or somewhere like that, right? Just like yeah. the call well, centers. Because yeah, labor is the most expensive part of almost yep. any yep. enterprise, yep. right? I think the yep. scariest thing could potentially be that in the past, what's always kind of kept this situation afloat is that the ideas need to come from people at the very yeah. end of the mm-hmm. day. But now with artificial intelligence and machine learning, they mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to come from people anymore. At yeah. least right. maybe 10 years in the future. So if we don't even have the benefit of being a, a higher thinking being, yeah. then it really will be like Wally. <laughs> I, I just see Will Smith just running through the you know, The future is a combination of Minority Report. Yes. Wally and term yes. and the Terminator. Yeah. yeah. I robot yes. and they all like take okay. it over. Yeah. I robot. It'll be where, an army of peppers. Swift fit, fit in all this. Her music, she wouldn't have to make the music. It'll be like anymore. Futurama where her head will be preserved yeah, and she'll absolutely. continue singing for ages and ages and ages. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to the future. So <laughs> I welcome our robot overlords. Yeah. That's Me too. Spectacular. So should we parlay into Eastlink? quickly and then uh, mm-hmm. shout out to our friends in Timmins shout out to Timmins yeah. Ontario yeah. who uh, just has a on June 1st we'll have a new option uh, Eastlink the company the wireless carrier uh, that is located uh, East Coast Canada owned by the Bragg family who owns majority of the world's blueberry uh, um, export seriously so, yeah. so, yeah. so why <laughs> as an Eastlink subscriber do I not get like fresh blueberries when you first told me, I thought he said Blackberry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What? Uh, no, they, so the Bragg family uh, owns a company called Oxford, mm-hmm. and they distribute basically all majority of blueberries around the world, which is awesome that it's coming from Canada. And that's, and that's where they, they built up their wealth. So there's a few mm-hmm. families out East Coast, as I'm sure you're aware. The Irvings are one, and the Bragg family is another. Yeah. Um, so they purchased Spectrum. Um, in the 700 spectrum in 2014 mm-hmm. in Ontario and also parts of uh, eastern uh, eastern Canada. Ontario specifically, so they June 1st they're launching in Timmins, um, their LTE network, and Volte will be part of that, so voice over LTE. Um, and when you go outside their limited roaming area, 
it's going to uh, drop down to uh, Rodgers, Bell, and Tellus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there any possibility of them expanding beyond those regions? They're going to Sudbury. Sudbury, okay. Yeah, so those Heartland, are the, Ontario. Those are the two areas that they're currently, and then Sudbury's on the 9th or the 18th. I think it's the 9th. The 9th, but, I believe. Uh, yeah. But the goal, the but the fundamental is that a new competitor's coming, and you're going to see rate plans shift in that area as well. I think that's really exciting because Eastlink, I know when I was working in telecom back in the East Coast, it would snatch up all of Bell and Rogers yeah. uh, like subscribers because the deals are amazing. They often do promotions where they buy out other companies. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. They do yeah. and they're good at it. And then the deals are really good. Like, I mean, right now, for instance, they're offering like Four gigs unlimited nationwide for ninety bucks. I mean, that's a lot better than what you're going to get. The big three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad that there's a family of billionaires who, unlike a certain Mr. Peter Thale, are using their money for good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know how to get back on track with that. (laughs) (laughs) Benevolent billionaires, not uh, (laughs) trying to destroy uh, media billionaires. So the rate plans are good. And competitive. I think I think that's what people will be interested. I don't know how many people are going to sign up in Timmins. Like, let's be honest. How many? Do what, you think what's, so? That's, like, that's what, what I was thinking. thinking. What's, what's the population in Timmins? I will look it up right now. No. Do you think? Like but a few think, thousand, let's say. But think about like wow, forty-three thousand. Okay, so four hundred sixty-five. Okay, so that's significant. That's mm-hmm. pretty big. So forty. So let's say forty forty thousand just for fun. So forty thousand people are on the Rogers Bell or Telus currently. Eastling is offering to swap out and port over your number for free and get on a cheaper plan. Mm-hmm. Those 40,000 people up there are probably looking to reduce their expenses on a monthly basis. Well, exactly, expenses. right? Like, it's it's not big city Toronto no. where you have, like, you know, these, I think, I think it's fair to say, you know, people, Tim, and I'm sure they're doing well for themselves, but right. they're not, like... Bay Street, you know, yeah. stockbrokers, right? right? So different, different cost of living. And different like cost of living too, but any kind of thing you can do to reduce your cost of living yeah. is a good change, right? Yeah. So, then, so just to put it in perspective, too, Sudbury has a population as of 2011, mm-hmm. uh, 160,000. So let's say 150,000 potential subscribers are available, even if they take five percent, ten percent within a year. That's a Good chunk of yeah. what is out there, up. right? Yeah. yeah. The only thing these consumers are going to think about is the coverage. And so, right. I mean, I don't know how that's going to look. If it is difficult for rural areas, that's really probably going to cut down on a lot of the potential subscribers yeah. that they can get. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. But, but when they get out of the, the core, they, they fall back to one of those carriers regardless, right? Mm-hmm. But the selling point is the Volti. Which is currently mm-hmm. available on the iPhone, coming to other Samsung devices. Well, it's so. a selling point. It's, I, I, it's, I don't think it's some. It's nice that you have night, like better call quality, but I think most people, you know, just you, want the, if your just wife want calls you, you think it's an emergency, right? That's this how. True, Igor. That's how you know how much your behavior using your phone has changed. Where you just expect everyone to text you, right? And right. It, it's something you know. Uh, when Daniel was here, he wrote up about a lot, which was how do you sell, like how do you get people hyped on uh, voiceover LTE, right? It's your phone call would be is better, but like it's not like faster data speeds, lower prices, you know. So when I get a phone call now, it's like weird. 
Yeah. When someone calls me, I assume that something's wrong mm-hmm. or something happened. Exactly, right? Yeah. So you don't want to convey over a text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's less about the technology per se that it's a much more compelling competitor is coming into Timmins. Right. So Yeah, price wise I, I think there's every reason mm-hmm. to change. The only question is the coverage. For sure, yeah. So Yeah. Good on you, Timmins. Good on you, Timmins. <laughs> Good on you, Eastlink. Yeah. more competition to Canada. Well, speaking, <laughs> yes, well, last but not least, uh, Bell had a certain competition bureau. <laughs> speaking of competition, laid down the law today. Uh, so they, uh, Bell and the competition bureau came to an agreement uh, for the 2012 premium texting case, or uh, suit, excuse me, that uh, obviously the competition bureau started back then. Uh, Bell's going to pay out $11.83 million uh, to current and former subscribers who got tricked into subscribing to these premium uh, texts. And these are things like they were sending horoscopes. Um, I want my $5. Yeah. Is that Get what them. the payout is per uh, customer? Or it depends on the customer, like, like on how much you think, were. Think of how much Tim Hortons you can get with that $5, though. Yeah. That's true. At least. <laughs> That's like three. four small ice caps, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's like one ice cap for you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but the but this is the most that the competition bureau find yeah, in one so, of the carriers. So Rogers was about uh, five close to six million, uh, and then Tellus was somehow uh, was around close to eight. Which is interesting because Roger's biggest carrier got fined the least, second biggest carrier got fined the second most, and the smallest carrier got fined the most, <laughs> right? So, um, and I, I know, like, uh, the competition bureau was trying to uh, get $10 million out of each of them, so I guess they just, like, at the end, they're like, well, you know, it's just you who has to settle with us, you're going to have to pay the brunt, right? Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> The Bell also got forced to pay uh, to donate eight hundred thousand to a couple public agencies, uh, you know. So uh, kind of like I like that the kick in the teeth and then something else. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's a win for the consumer. Yeah, exactly. But, but do these, you know, I think premium. Do you guys subscribe to premium text messages? Well, those, they don't exist anymore, right? Yeah. No. What did you? What's premium? What do you mean? So again, it's like hey, you can have your horoscope. Lucky, lucky. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I would well, never do but that. But some people, because... Uh, you have to pay me to teen, do that. But, I think, I think but to teen, be fair... Teen, teenagers would get it. Yeah, no, but it wasn't even teenagers. It was a lot of different people because it was... They sold it as if you were getting it for free, right? Like, they didn't... Right. It, they were very yeah, shady about how they were marketing it to consumers, right? They weren't saying necessarily, like... Oh, by the way, there's a charge associated with this, getting these texts. This is back when you like bought ringtones from like that weird yeah. Rogers site that would show up on your Sony Ericsson Walkman phone, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I never bought like ringtones or anything, but there was times where I bought like a brick breaker knockoff or something like that through the yeah. Rogers site. Yeah, so I mean it's good that I mean I don't know what else there is to say but it's good that the competition bureau is doing these things right like they need to be more active in policing the big three especially because because otherwise yeah. like 
heaven forbid they're going to actually police themselves, right? Like, yeah. uh, unless it comes to agreeing to a gentleman's agreement to keep prices relatively the same among each other, <laughs> they're not going to get in a room and decide uh, to do something proactive toward, that's nice towards consumers. So... Yeah, and I don't think that many people would think of that sort of agreement to keep prices relatively the same as positive for consumers for either. Sure, yeah. Good on them. Yeah, good on them. <laughs> More money back into the people's pocket. So that they can go... The Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, not owned by a Canadian company anymore. And spend oh, their money. Go, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoutouts. Uh, I will shout out to Virgin Mobile. They just got their whoa. own roaming whoa. plant, roaming program, just like Bell. And but like Bell's roam better. It is uh, you pay for it for up to twenty days. So it's about the same price as uh, Rogers Roam Like Home and Fido's roaming program, but um, you end up paying for it for longer. So say if you're an international. And it's ten dollars a day. You could pay two hundred dollars for the entire month. Yeah, which is significantly more than the. Uh, I think it's ten days. Yeah, it's ten days for Rome Like Home with Rogers. So that's only a hundred bucks for the entire month. Um, but it is good to have that option, especially for people who are only going down for a select few days. Yeah. You know, you use it when you need it. If you don't need it, it doesn't charge you. So it's still all good news. Good, good in the hood. Uh, shout out to who's not here today, Matt Moniz, uh Let me his uh, 3D card. Thank you so much, Matt. You're too kind. <laughs> that leads me into my shout out to Overwatch, a game developed by Blizzard that made me so not eat video games for for a few hours. Yeah, um, it's a very accessible first person shooter that I've been playing over the last couple of days, and that Igor will hopefully soon be able to play with me. Yeah, can't wait. Um, I will send my shout out to WhatsApp for being the most popular messaging app in the world. However, not in Canada. That honor goes to Facebook Messenger, both on my Facebook, oddly <laughs> enough. <laughs> and Facebook, might I mention, uh, Mr. Peter Thale is on their board of directors. Oh, really? And uh, <laughs> Mr. Zuck- Mark Zuckerberg has the choice to get rid of him this month. Comes full circle. Oh, this, this week, Igor, is less about John Chen. Yeah. Uh, more about... Peter Thale. <laughs> Hashtag uh, get rid of Peter Thale. Yeah, get rid of Peter Thale. God. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks. What's uh, your show? You can't leave. It's expected. Tim Hortons. Like, All right, there. <laughs> their, their new strawberry shortcake donut is nothing short of amazing. Okay, I'm selling me on this. It, it, You've it been looks, talking about it for two yeah. weeks. It looks like a hamburger. I think someone said it looks like mm-hmm. a hamburger. It's got the fake whipped cream with the fake uh, jelly. And the donut is so fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sounds the amazing. The fresh was frozen. <laughs> frozen from fresh. Flash, flash frozen. Flash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tongue twister right there. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 